coming up on this episode of Don't Panic. It's the end of the year. 2016 is over, and we're here to wrap up the top stories, the best picks, and our predictions for 2017. You're not going to want to miss what we say will happen next year, so stick around, because Don't Panic starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 152, recorded December 19th, 2016. Is it 2017 yet? Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the podcast that always makes Santa's naughty list. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who still haven't done their Christmas shopping. It is uh, Colby Rabadou and Dan Miller. Hello. That's actually not true, though. Um, uh, that, that was unfair I mean, of me to say. It was... <laughs> I guess we're living in a post-truth society, so I guess it, what does it matter? <laughs> I've read it on Facebook, Colby, so sure, I know it's true. I haven't true. done any of my Christmas shopping. <laughs> I did uh, some of my Christmas shopping today, so that's. I mean, with, with yeah. Prime today, like, who needs to do shopping in advance? I did. I have like a bimodal shopping uh, strategy where stuff that I know I'm not going to get on Amazon, basically, I buy in the beginning of November, and the stuff I'm going to get on Amazon, I buy this week. It's a good idea. I, I honestly, I swear to God, because you guys know I've been traveling and doing stuff. I woke up today and I was going to order something and I'm like, oh shit, Christmas is like in a week. <laughs> Whoops. So I had to like change a whole bunch of plans because it just did not hit me at all. Um, How was your most recent adventure? Oh, the Netherlands. Um, Honestly, I saw almost none of the Netherlands because I was either in the office or in the hotel. It was like just work nonstop. So pretty pretty uneventful as far as those things go i was in i was out hmm. that was pretty much it i wish i could tell you bummer i need we need to figure figure something out for you to do really exciting while you're there i don't do exciting dan i i, I hate to tell you i should come out and meet you the next time that you're there you're That's, you're welcome we to should, let's go colby sean <laughs> <laughs> have you learned any dutch mm. i have not I have not. Actually, I probably heard, at least heard, more Arabic than I actually probably did um, Dutch. And that's just because I was we had a lot of staff over from Saudi. So mm. um, it was a real multi-ethnic crew we had. It was a lot of a lot of fun building, building websites, making it happen. I can cool. spell. I can om- I can give you some of the letters that are in the Dutch word for happy birthday. Or I guess it's more like congratulations. But I can't say it. That's as much Dutch as I know. That I don't know how <laughs> helpful that is, but I, I appreciate the thought. <laughs> if you ever need to say happy birthday, I can help you spell some of some it. Some of it. <laughs> Be like, Sean, why are you saying birth over and over? Like, no, I'm almost there. Oh, dear. But oh, well, Dan, you moved. That happened. Congratulations. Thanks. New, new uh, place good getting settled massive pain in the ass yeah getting settled uh i don't know i i I used to laugh at people who said that you should move frequently in new york as a as a way of limiting the amount of stuff that you can have i was like that sounds like a pain i would rather just not move at all but given that you you will always have to move i'm I'm coming around to their way of thinking Mm. it's a good idea I've yeah, collected so, a lot of things in the last two years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Yeah. And it's like there is like a rolling window of stuff that you use. There's stuff that you have that you do know. And I Sean, you probably appreciated this having to move across the country. That really limits the amount of things you can take. Uh yeah. yeah. So that happened. Uh let's see, interesting things. Uh, there is a different electric uh, company than a gas company out here, which I didn't realize. So I still don't have a stove or an oven that works. Uh, turns out Con Ed is not the place to go if you want gas and you live in Brooklyn. I'd, I'd uh, like to imagine Dan just running down the street. Does anyone have gas? Where do I get gas? <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I was doing when my shower didn't work the first couple of days. 
Uh, but luckily, our new offices have showers, and they're really nice. So <laughs> I just use those. Nice. Um, I don't have. I need a couch. I need a couch, guys. I need a couch. Dan, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. It is that. That's that's going to be a valuable piece of real estate that you will own. Is that couch? <laughs> real estate. It's basically real estate in New York. Yeah. I'm surprised at how useless a living room is without a couch. Like, it has a bunch of stuff in it. Like, it has my TV, but I can't use the TV. Like, I could bring this chair out there, which I've done. I'd rather (laughs) just lay in better than an iPad at that point. Uh, Just sit upright directly in front of the television on a folding chair. Uh, So, yeah, it's surprising how useless living rooms are without couches. So, if anyone has any couch recommendations... uh, And I I did sit on the cloud at Renovation Hardware, and it was, in fact, the most comfortable couch I've ever sat on, but it was also $4,000, so... Yeah, yeah that's that's my recommendation, because I just... Well, actually, Colby and I just both bought couches not that long ago, so, yeah, you really got to think about uh, what fits your space, because you're right, it is the kind yeah. of the centerpiece of the room. I feel like space constraint... Space space is, was the biggest constraint for my couch-buying experience. I wanted to maximize my sitting area while minimizing or while also maximizing the rest of the the area for moving about. Yeah. Luckily, the room is sort of long. So, Mm -hmm. like, the walking about would just be between the couch and the TV. Uh, So, there's actually a living room. Mm -hmm. So, and I I can fit not... There are couches at Restoration Hardware that were... Massive. I don't understand how anyone in New York could fit a couch in any apartment, no matter how rich you are. Oh my god. They had like twelve cushions on them and they were like like a lean to, like three sided couches. It was more than a oh, it was crazy. Mm. Except for stuff like that. Like the biggest couches that West Elm and IKEA sell fit in this room. Not that I would want the biggest one, I've realized since then if I when I move I might not move into a place where that couch fits, and if I'm going to spend money on a couch, I'd like to keep it for more than one apartment. Uh, that option value. That's right. Uh, so, I was at Crate and Barrel, and they had some nice couches. Yeah, I checked it out. They had some nice couches. There's a West Elm couch that's pretty nice. Uh, but I don't think I... If I'm going to spend money on a couch, like the, even the nice IKEA couches are still like $1,000. So, I feel like... It's not the way to go if you're going to buy a couch and spend like more than five hundred dollars. Don't get it out of IKEA. No, no. <laughs> the, the the best decision I made, of course, I spent. I didn't go crazy, but I spent a decent amount. Uh, was I did made in the USA, kind of like actual furniture manufacturer couch, um, mm-hmm. and I've the the quality was really you can tell the difference. So if mm-hmm. you if you plan to keep it for a while, which I do mine, um, that's a that's a pretty solid way to go. But then, then you have to go to like a real furniture store and don't know that yeah. Swedish BS There's that Ikea sells. There's lots of those sells. around here, though. Although I'm about as close as you can be to the Ikea in New York. It's a 20-minute walk away. You can carry uh, the couch right over. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I did get some stuff from Ikea, and including this folding chair I'm sitting on and this desk. Uh, and they're like, oh, it's like home delivery for like I don't know, fifty. It's somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars, and I was like, "Great, let's do that." And they're like, "Cool, see you in a week." I was like, "Ah, but it's just twenty minutes away." I know. I don't have that much stuff. I could just get like try to find an Uber that's a van and just. You just should have done an Uber XL. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. yeah, but I, I the die was already cast at that point. Ah, brutal. Yeah. Anyways, I, I have all that stuff now except the cash. Uh, maybe there's some weird Wi-Fi things in this apartment that I'm still figuring out. Mm-hmm. I should probably do some investigating. It's kind of an old house. I, I really uh, do uh, feel like Wi-Fi has only gotten worse over the years and not better. Like, I, I maybe it's just, like, yeah. I, I'm fantasizing the past, but I really feel like years ago, Wi-Fi was really good and worked everywhere. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, like, everyone I know, including myself, Wi-Fi just doesn't work anywhere. 
It was just your tolerance was much low, much higher. It's like you was like, wow, this works sometimes over the air. Like I'm not plugged like, in. No wires. Whoa. And then like right. the, the, the shine has worn off. Yeah, that's probably right. And now you have a cell phone that works literally, literally everywhere. <laughs> Be like, my cell phone is faster than my computer. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I think I'd do something about that. I've never really had any problems. The biggest problems I have with Wi-Fi are in offices or in universities walking around and expecting to stay connected to the Wi-Fi. At each discrete point in your continuous motion, if you stopped, you would have perfect Wi-Fi signal. But the fact that you're moving, (laughs) it's garbage. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not moving, Wi-Fi works great. Uh, I don't think there's any other exciting technology things happening. I had, because my desk is so small, I had to get one of those vertical MacBook stands. Oh. I have one of those. I could have given it to you. I don't oh, wow. have a MacBook. Well, I don't know if it would fit your computer. Yeah, it was an it was an Air one, but it's just like sitting sitting around. Saw it in a box this weekend. Speaking <laughs> of collecting stuff, oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I can't. I I can just keep talking. I can't plug my my smart uh uh not thermostat. What's the other thing? Smoke detector in because this place has wired smoke detectors, <laughs> not wireless or not battery smoke detectors. So that'll be donated to a a, a good cause, aka oh. my mom. Well, uh, <laughs> that's still pretty. Can you remotely trigger it? Wake her up in the middle of the night? That wouldn't be very nice. Uh, <laughs> no, because it would be with her account. Mm. my account yeah good idea <laughs> that, would, that would be cute though you could just make the smoke de- detector go off like thinking of you i love you mom i love you mom <laughs> stop doing that dan <laughs> uh, yeah cool sweet deal All right, well, that's the update for me good stuff is happening and i'm glad to hear it, it guys is. you know I don't. I, I don't know if we're going to welcome this as good news or bad news, but you know, 2016 is over. This is, by the way, our fourth year-end wrap-up episode. Wow! I know. Year-end wrap-up, wrap, wrap, wrap-up. <laughs> rip it, rip, 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 wrap-up. Yes, exactly. That was a Thirty Rock joke, uh, and I loved it. Um, yeah, no, this is it. The 2016 is over. I can't believe it. Episode uh, 152. And and regular listeners and viewers may know that at the end of each year, we do our year-end wrap-up. We talk about the biggest stories of the year, our top picks of the year, and our predictions for next year, which I think is probably the, the hottest part of the show because we see how <laughs> hilariously wrong we were last year. And uh, boy, do we have a fun update. Are we going uh, to go over how hilariously wrong we were last year this year? I went back and listened today to that episode. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, okay. And, and and put it this way, uh, a little spoiler alert for you. Um, my streak of never being right may have continued. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but it's up to you guys where you want to start. You want to start with biggest stories, top picks, predictions. It's up uh, up to you folks. Let's start with biggest stories, and then we'll do the retro. And then yeah, I'm just going to plan it out. Biggest stories, retro on what we said last year, predictions for next year, and then top, top picks. picks. Sold. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and so with that, let's, uh, let's jump in, uh, top story of the year. Anyone want to go first or, uh, should I jump in or, uh, I'll jump in. I'll go first. Uh, as usual, I cheated and picked three. Some are better than others. <laughs> um, I, cause I don't think anyone that is, per- is your usual thing. I it, was looking at the is. other ones because I never, I can't pick one really big one. So I pick a couple kind of big ones. <laughs> I, I have, a, I shouldn't call it top story. I should call like biggest stories of the year. <laughs> Because I'm cheating, but uh, I did come up with three. The first one I think is kind of, I just thought it was funny that last year, one of my big stories was uh, the year Apple became boring. Um, and so this year, I think it's the year Apple became boring-er. Like, it was even more boring than last year, which I didn't think was possible, but <laughs> like, it, they, they just... What was so exciting about 2014 that was less exciting in 2015 for Apple? Dan, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Never mind what what Apple was doing several years when, ago. Apple Watch. When did the Apple? Right. 
Yeah. Um, well, nothing happened in 2014. They made like a slightly bigger iPhone. They made the new Apple or TV. A slightly longer one. When was the when was TVOS a new Apple TV? What year was that? I think that was 2014. Maybe. Um. Well, I don't. Oh, speak, speaking of Apple TV, I got the TV app today, and guess what? It works with nothing. <laughs> Just kidding. It works with Hulu. The what? And the CW app. The new the new Apple TV OS update came out today. Um, yeah, I don't have cable, so it's completely useless. Mm. And also, all the people I know who have cable aren't one of the cable providers that that thing supports. Oh wait, are we talking about the single sign-on thing or the new TV app thing? No, they're kind of both the same, similar. Yeah, I haven't tried the single sign-on thing yet. I'm already signed into everything. I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, Dan. Dan, you're right. There's only like five cable providers included. It's a very small list. Um, yeah, I haven't tried the TV thing at all. I totally forgot about that. Do I have to download it if I want it on like my phone? Uh, there's a software. There's a system software update. A system that in- installs it for you in the, in uh, the, how the nice grand of Apple tradition. <laughs> They're really thinking of you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. yeah Apple being boring, or I, I just, I just thought it was funny that last year I thought they were boring, and this year I also think they're boring. But I'm sure I'll think they're boring next year. Um. In terms of other big stories, when Live reigned supreme, I did think it was really interesting that this year was the year that everything was all about Live. We got Periscope, we got Facebook Live, we got Instagram Live, we got uh, um. Had more heavier use of YouTube Live, Twitch streaming, which I know has been the last couple of years, but I think even more so this year. Um, and I really think it's interesting that you know the this, the sort of sharing environment that we're in um, adds a new layer each year. So first it's text, and then it's picture, and then it's video, and now it's really live video um, has been sort of the, the the trend this year that that I've seen um, that really everybody has gotten on board with, um, which is. I don't know, been quite interesting. I, you know, just something I noticed. Um, and then the last piece was just the death of wearables, which which I think is a bit of a kind of bold statement, but I'll stand by it. Um, I mean, we really, we saw Pebble get eaten by Fitbit most recently, but Fitbit has struggled, Jawbone's trying to sell themselves. Nobody's making new Android Wear. We talked about this last week when we talked about uh, Pebble going out of business. And I really think that, um, I don't know, I, I don't, I question what the future holds for wearables next year. I, I just, I don't, it, not that, not that they're going completely out of business, but it's just never going to be a, it's not like a smartphone or a, you know, it's not something everybody's going to own. More of a niche than, than once thought. Exactly. It'll be a, a hobbyist device and, and it'll be, it'll be just that. I have had to go several weeks without my Apple Watch in the, since I've owned it, and I have missed it every time I've had to do that. I Look, I, and, and I agree with you, Dan. I, I genuinely do. I feel if more people had them, I think they would like and use them. But I just think that to get something like that in people's hands, you need momentum. And and I think they, they've really run out of steam. I think the attention and the focus has really... I mean, the reason why the iPhone became partly so successful is because it had a lot of... Uh, momentum and a lot of popularity and a lot of promotion and and it's just wearables have kind of become a bit of a joke I think that to the point where I, I just don't think people are as excited to go out and buy them and then we, we see not the failure but you know my Pebble for example I was using it the other day and it was giving me trouble and I, I finally came to the realization that it will never get any better it will only get worse mm-hmm. and I was like oh I gotta buy an Apple Watch fuck um, yeah, I, I, I maybe see this was Apple's I, plan all along. <laughs> I see a fair amount of Apple watches in New York, and you know, granted, it's New York, but it is common that I, I'm on a subway and I see someone's hand up on that little pole, and they have an Apple Watch on. They seem pretty successful. It's like Pebbles a distant second in terms of actual user base. But Pebble is actually a distant 
fourth or fifth, actually. The last report I saw oh, was... Oh, but if you count the Fitbit and the... Samsung, Java? actually. Samsung, Samsung, Samsung really? was second, yeah. But I went about worldwide, and I think that's what was skewing it a little bit. But it was Apple, Samsung... Garmin was actually up pretty high, Fitbit, and then I think Pebble. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... So weird. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think the Apple Watch will be like the iPad for for Apple. I don't know about other companies if they'll be able to. Like, no one else has really made a successful tablet. Maybe the Microsoft Surface, but it's not really competing in the same price range. Uh, but it, I think it will be profitable, and Apple will continue to make them probably with a little bit more vigor than they do iPads. Uh, yeah. But hey, it's money. It's money in the bank. They're it, making money off of the money they put into it. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be a runaway success for Apple to do it. It does have to be a runaway success for Fitbit or Pebble or anyone else to be successful. So, um, it, it can just be a hobby for Apple in the way Apple TV is. You know, they they don't have to make a ton of money, just enough to be okay. But I guess it pays to have billions of dollars in the bank, doesn't it? Uh, that, that does help. Yeah, kinda. It literally does in interest rates. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I want to be rich. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna contest one of your things too. Oh, which one? Uh, oh no, nothing. But I, I think Facebook Live was probably one of the more surprising successes this year because it was one of those things I remember thinking initially. I was like, oh, okay, it's Facebook's Periscope. Uh, who cares? But I don't know if there if we can have any numbers on this, but I bet it's more popular than Periscope by a lot at this point. Um, you're probably right, but I would be curious, but uh, by percentage of user base, because Facebook just has so many more users. I wonder if, as a percentage, how much bigger it is of their user base compared to the percentage of like Twitter's user base that are using Periscope exactly. I bet it's still higher because oh sure you, you look yeah definitely the, inter the integration's a million times better that's to me that's why Facebook succeeded where I mean Periscope maybe did succeed you can debate that but I really think that it was because it was so front I mean there are TV commercials advertising Facebook Live you know that's true I walk past the giant bus uh, stop mm. ad for Facebook Live every day yep yeah they're really putting a lot of investment behind it so um. It, uh, it, for me, I don't... Facebook can put out literally anything and probably be okay. I mean, they're, they're of a, again, of size and scale enough. I'm curious how Periscope will impact Twitter, a company that we've talked about before is on a, so a bit of a struggling, yeah, teeter-totter situation um, and, and what that means for them, especially because it is a separate app. It's not integrated within Twitter itself, not nearly in the way Facebook Live is. Uh, cool. I can go next. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my story of the year was Apple versus the FBI. That sort of happened pretty early in the year, or maybe it straddled uh, the year. I don't remember, but I do remember like Tim Cook addressed it at the first Apple event in the spring. It was like part of his uh, company news portion of the keynote. Uh, so it was it was a big deal, and I feel like we've kind of forgotten about it, given all the other dumpster fires that are going on right now. Uh, but companies like, especially Apple, but you know, big public companies don't usually get involved in politics in this way. And this will segue into my prediction, which we'll talk about later. But you never really you would see like. Yeah, Etsy, for example, we were banned to net neutrality. So was a bunch of other companies. But, you know, okay. Uh, maybe some, like, trade agreements or, like, immigration, you know, foreign worker stuff. But it's always just, like, lobbyists or like, press releases, niche events. Not really, like, a big public statement. This is the first time I can remember, aside from net neutrality, that a, a big tech company or a big, like, Fortune 100 in general, like, made a big public stance on a controversial political issue. And it was definitely political uh, to some people. So, 
that was kind of a big deal. I think I think they've been vindicated now looking back on it, uh, both from like the practical standpoint of they didn't need any of that information anyways. It wasn't crucial to anything. And also, especially now, we can see the value in not letting the government read everything it is that you say. So good job, Apple. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think it'll be especially, you know, this... I, uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm talking about 2017, and I see why you picked yours, Dan. Let's just say there are a lot of changes coming down the pipe to the way our government has run that uh, will make this story even more relevant in the future. So I think it was a bit of a precursor of, of what's to come. And by the way, we also saw this year Google made a similar large push to saying, you know, users' data are theirs, and we're going to do a lot of things to, to put that power back in their hands and less in our hands. And um, I think there was a bit of a ripple effect through the, uh, the tech community, uh, after that story and you know there'll certainly be more cases like the the san bernardino one that spurned that specific example um so i agree me too cool dan was smart he only only picked one (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i uh i guess sort of like sean picked three but mine are uh, uh related in a sort of way but uh, looking back at this year compared to other years, um, I feel like some some of the 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 dumpster fires Dan mentioned <laughs> when when he was talking were um, re- either directly related or had like big big components of them that were uh, had to do with technology and the internet and like the things we've built on top of this, this worldwide web. Um, so we, things like we had that, the huge, uh, uh, the huge DDoS attack against like the internet, uh, the, the DNS providers using internet of things devices. Um, we had like the face fake news stuff on Facebook that came out after the election that we, we did a whole show on, um, and then we have this m- most recently the, well, I guess not most recently, but, but the, the CIA and, and other intelligence, uh, agencies reporting, like coming out and saying that like Russia interfered in the U S elections with the, the DNC hacks and, and, you know, whatever, whatever else. Um, I don't know. I thought, thought that was interesting. It's like. Facebook was all fun and games, and and now it's getting real. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I think there are a the lot next of Reddit stories this year have felt like around that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep the 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 pizza place thing. Oh God. Hashtag <laughs> PizzaGate. Yeah. That was one of those yes, things where pizza. while I was moving, I was sort of shut out from you know all culture for about a week, and that was one of those things. I came back and I was like. I had no idea what was going Zero idea <laughs> what well, was going on. And can I just... I, I just have to say one extremely small piece about that, which is I, I understand the human mind's attraction to a conspiracy theory, right? And this idea that something bigger is going on beyond you that is outside of your control. I get that. And look, I'm not going to fault people for believing conspiracy theories, but... Sounds like you're describing religion, Sean. Well, <laughs> look, you can go there. I'm not going there. But <laughs> all I will say is that if you're going to subscribe to conspiracy theory, that the idea that Hillary Clinton is running a child sex ring out of the basement of a pizza place may not be the best conspiracy theory for you to believe in. That's all I'm saying. As far as conspiracy theories go, that's one of the shittiest I've ever heard. Anyway, mind control in the water supply is a better conspiracy theory <laughs> than that one. That's... Uh, uh. Anyway. Um... No, I, I, I think, you know, the, well, the first thing I, well, Dan, you pointed this out in Slack, but I was thinking it as well, which is like, was there anything fun that happened on the internet this year? Like, is there anything to smile about? Like, what's the feel good story of technology this year? And it's like, there isn't one like, like shit got real this year. This was when, you know, there's always been bad stuff on the internet, but it's always been at, at minimum balanced by good stuff. But I feel like this was really the year where it's like, wow, the internet is genuinely 
in the same way any open space can be taken over by bad people, the internet is the same way. And this was really the year where it's like, oh shit, like we don't control this. Bad things can happen. Um, of course, it happened in many things that weren't the internet, but it really did happen yeah. online. And I feel like lots of lots of these, I don't know, like these aren't crazy, like these aren't unthought of things. Like you've read an article about how some wacky thing happened on Reddit before, like some article on how like some huge swath of the internet could be compromised in a fashion just, just like it was, um, or how, you know, like what people read on Facebook affects the way they think sort of thing. Um, we just saw like all of those things get like, I don't know, like national, if not international attention. Well, like, they were bigger. I mean, scale. It's, it's really, we've seen DDoS attacks happen before, never at this sort of scale. We've, we've seen fake news spread on the internet, but never all at once, you know? Um, right. it, it really, it was, I guess, more organized this year. Someone actually put some thought into it this year. Indeed. That sucks. I, I have to, I think it'd be cool to think of a feel-good technology story uh, just to, like, you know, bring our spirits up a little bit. And my feel-good one was the the amount of time and what they did when Apple made the Apple Watch work with wheelchair users. They devoted, like, more than what they would devote to their stores in a keynote to, like, all this work they did with, for wheelchairs. And that was really cool. That's true. My, that my was feel, a good one. See, my feel-good tech story is going to be, remember that time Snapchat made those funny sunglasses? <laughs> and then Dan's like, remember when Apple helped people in wheelchairs? <laughs> people seem to like the sunglasses, though. I haven't seen, like, a super negative article on the sunglasses. They're fun and goofy. Like, remember when technology used to be, like... I, I was... Okay, I confession i'm i'm technically on vacation although i am doing a little work but um i spent most of my first day of vacation watching an american pickers marathon on the history channel uh, and they were going through uh on one of the episodes they were going through an old collection of technology and like old radios and old tvs and old computers and i was smiling the whole time because i'm like oh my god that stuff is so cool like when technology used to be fun and colorful and 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 designed and interesting and um now everything looks the same. Oh my god. It's so bleak. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. No more bad news. We're going to turn this ship around because we're going to talk about our hilarious predictions from last year. Do you guys remember what you predicted at all? Uh, I, I know do it's in the sheet. I read it, yeah. That's why I uh, include it because you, you don't always remember. I did um, not Colby, last year, you went ahead and um, and made the prediction about, uh, well, it's written in the sheet as, um, talking to stuff will get useful. And specifically, you said that um, Echo will become a lot more, you believed Echo would become a lot more popular, Google might get in the space, and you said your sort of far-flung prediction was that Apple might even come out with some talking siri hardware um mm. now guys do we think colby accurately predicted 2016 he's he more accurately predicted it than the new york times did i i would i would agree i think you actually did pretty close i mean i don't know if it got useful yeah i, I that's it that's what i would my cr critique is that i feel like the things you can do on the echo now versus the things you could do on the Echo last last December are exactly the same. <laughs> but but I will give you credit because in back and listening, a big part of your argument was that it's not just about usefulness, it's also about availability and that it will be in more places and that it will be more common. I think that's mm -hmm. the part you got more right. I mean, we saw Amazon selling just barrel barrels full of these uh, Echoes and Dots and, and other speakers. Google Home came out this year. Did the, the little, Google the Home got? One. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just, just going to ask that the the little Amazon Echo thing came out this year, right? Yep. It's like I, I don't know. I feel like that could be a big seller this this uh this holiday season, given at that uh lower price point. 
I was just going to say the Google Home got pretty good reviews too. I feel like that was a bit under underreported on. And and uh it does the conversational aspect, which I I think uh some of the text-based AIs do where it remembers that you just asked it like uh who was in Blade Runner and then you could say who else was in it and then it would give you more people or something that's a dumb example but it remembers the conversation you've had Mm -hmm. which is a big frustration i've had with siri in the past and it sounds like uh, alexa is the same way i still maintain and i think we're finally especially after mark zuckerberg's blog post today uh if you didn't see it uh he spent time this year and his like big challenge was to build an ai that runs his house and he kind of did which and it was really cool because he didn't actually do anything. He just used off the shelf components. This is what a real person would do, anyways. Uh, anyways, he reminded me about the Facebook uh, bot platform. Uh, I still feel like that is like the talking to thing is cool, but it's so niche. Like, I live in an apartment by myself, but there are people who live below me, and I don't want to talk unless I. I would prefer not to talk, right? So like. All this conversational stuff, I said, maybe it's just not for me. I've made the argument before how I stand in front of a computer all day long and I can't fucking talk to it. There's people around me and I have a, a thing that I can use to enter in words, but none of these systems will read the words, which would be easier than trying to understand what it is. I'm uh. Well, I... Anyways, I think we're finally coming around to that. Because uh, in... Is it the Windows one that you can type things into? Uh... But you don't have to talk into it. Uh, I don't know. There was one recently, or maybe it's just the Facebook stuff, the Facebook bots that let you do that. I I don't know, Dan. I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I I think there's room for both. I I think I agree. There's room for both. Yes. Uh, but, but I you... think talking deserves more credit. I don't think it's niche. First of all, I will say I think not talking to computers in public is more of a cultural hurdle, and I think. Remember how rude it used to be to check your phone in front of other people or at the dinner at, at a restaurant? It still is. It's not, Oh, come on. Look, hey, I'm not saying you should do it, but I am saying everyone does it. <laughs> it's rude. I, I think it, I think I think the base I think Sean is right in that like the the magnitude has changed. Like I don't think it's particularly rude anymore to like glance at your phone, but it would be rude to be like be like sure. looking at Facebook at dinner or something, right? I, I see people not necessarily asking Siri, but I do see a lot of people using voice dictation to send text messages like in public when they're around people. Like I, it's not, again, it's, it's rare, but it's becoming more common. And I think, uh, you know, Dan, it's funny. You say you live alone and you wouldn't talk to things in your apartment. I also live alone in an apartment and I talk to my echo speaker all the time. I even say thank you when she turns <laughs> on my lights. And, and <laughs> I, I would, if I needed to, like I, I use Siri a lot when I'm cooking but I don't use it otherwise. It's not convenient to. See, I think it's extremely convenient. But that's but that's my point is that different strokes for different folks. But I think it's I think it's a little too early to write it off as people don't want to talk to stuff because I think so. I think there's more people than you think who wanna who want to talk to stuff. Okay. Yeah. I think we might see like this develop some more next year. Like I don't think it. I certainly don't think it's at a place where it's like over or anything. No just just getting started or maybe not i don't know <laughs> yeah i think i i think your apple prediction will probably come true whether that's just like the next generation apple tv or some other thing i hope it's the next generation apple tv because there's no no reason why it needs to be something else uh yep. yeah that's my hope but they could charge another 200 uh, <laughs> yeah. The problem is, then you're going to have your Google Home and your Amazon Echo and your Apple Siri all talking to each other when no one's home. That's when they learn. <laughs> I told uh, you we had this problem at work once. Where did I tell you this story? I think uh, so. Yeah, we pe- so, someone made a bot for every so- person who left the company that impersonated them based on their uh, chat transcripts that were stored. <laughs> And they put all those bots in a room, but then those bots started to use chat commands that altered, like, production systems. <laughs> the bots started running Etsy.com uh, <laughs> in, in completely random ways. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. 
but they weren't really random, were they? They were. They were. No, they weren't. They were not. <laughs> um. Well, and so Colby, I think you, you got pretty close. Dan, your prediction last year uh, was uh, bold. I give you a lot of credit. It was very bold. Um, and you said that uh, s- someone in the year 2016 was going to walk into some type of car dealership and purchase a fully autonomous self-driving car with real cash money. Um, you got close in that you could walk into two cities in America, open an Uber app, get an Uber that would drive you autonomously. And you, uh, close. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I might give you credit because I think you you barely missed it because this year Tesla did announce that basically all their cars going forward are going to be fully autonomous capable. Um, and those you actually can go out and buy. It's just like not for another probably six months or whatever. I don't remember the exact date. Um, so you were really close. And I, I remember saying this and it was the key was any amount of money. If you had like, well, you didn't have to like a billion super, dollars. No, 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 not I, any amount, not any amount. But like, like if it was five hundred thousand dollars, I would have counted that. And that anyone who had five hundred thousand dollars, you don't have to design it from scratch. You don't sure. have to be the president. You can just, you know, acquire one. Or not. I, next year, I'm confident about this. Next year, maybe the trick with all of our picks, all of our predictions, is just to think of it. This the one you want to predict for next year. <laughs> and then just push it out another year. We're just really impatient. We want it now. We don't want to wait. Um, and what was funny too is that you're, and of course, once again, at how horrible I am at predictions. When you were saying that, I said, Dan, this was exactly what I said. I said, Dan, I think the technology will be there, but that the government will never let them sell you an autonomous car. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I, could, I guess I could still be right, but so far. I'm the wrong. So most of the way there next year. Hang, hey, put that one in your back pocket. I will. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up in 2017. Uh, my prediction. So uh, if you guys remember, I predicted that um, it's, I, I wrote, it's the year the tech bubble bursts and takes down some big guys in the process. Now, once again, I know nothing about the stock market. I know nothing about investing. You should not take my stock advice. And I will tell you exactly why. Last year, I said, no, it's going to be a bad year for tech stocks. Everyone's value too high. And I went the extra step of naming three specific companies <laughs> whose stocks I said were going to have a bad year in 2016. I think you can see where this is going. <laughs> One, I said, watch Netflix, right? Guess what happened from a year ago to now? The stock went Netflix up. Netflix made a bajillion dollars. Yeah, the stock went up. <laughs> I said, uh, Tesla, watch Tesla. It's going to be a bad year for Tesla. No one's going to be happy. Guess what happened? Everyone was happy. Their stock was flat, which is still a loss for me. <laughs> and lastly, I said Facebook. And the best part was my prediction wasn't even, I didn't even give a reason. I just said, I don't think Facebook's going to do well. I didn't even give a reason. Guess what happened? Their stock went up. So my prediction from last year, completely wrong. Three years in a row, I've completely blown it. <laughs> Um, and I would like to remind everyone that I am not a stock investor. I know nothing about the stock market, nor do I know anything about technology, really. I don't even know how I made out the show. <laughs> so there you go. That that was my bad time. Although, to be fair, if I, I think if I just picked, you know, Fitbit didn't do well. I mean, there were some tech companies that didn't, didn't do great. Is Twitter in a weird place. Twitter's in a weird place. Yeah, I just picked I just GoPro. I think I just picked... But I think overall, they you couldn't really say this was a down year. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd say, but it wasn't really an up year either. I think it was just kind of a a flat year. Um, in terms also, of like the derivative, or because it, everything was still going up on average. Hmm. When compared the to the rate overall, which it was going up, may have stayed the same. Right. Yeah. And we also didn't see a lot of... Snapchat's really the only big announced IPO. We didn't see too many this year that I can think of. But we are not a stock show. I will say very quickly that I also had a small side prediction last year that I actually think I got right, was that this was the year Nintendo has their comeback. And it would not involve hardware in the home. And I think technically <laughs> I got I think technically I got that right. 
Yeah. What is 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 their comeback Super Mario run? Oh, it's because it, it's not in the home and it's the Switch thing. Well, the, it, even if you no, so it, even if Pokemon you Pokemon Go, yeah, Pokemon Go, mm. Super Mario Run, DS has been oh selling hotcakes. I can't believe I per- forgot about Pokemon Go. You it's and like everyone, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, wow. yeah. That so much has happened since. What a terrible then. game! And I remember over the summer, I was like, "Oh, dude, it's a great game. It's gonna be like, you know, one of those games that's gonna go." To- no. <laughs> Imagine if I, I said this this year. I'm gonna say it again. Imagine if Pokemon Go was actually a good game. I can't because if it's it was not. a good game, it would not have sacrificed any of the other things that made Pokemon Go good for the month that it was good. It still would have had Pokemon in the name. It still could have been GPS enabled. It still could have been social. It could have also been a good game. But it wasn't. Although I will say, Dan, about a month ago, I was in the supermarket buying things you buy at the supermarket. And I saw a guy pushing a cart, running not one, but two phones, each running Pokemon Go in his cart as he was pushing it around. So I think they were signed into the the same account like he was he was trying to like dual wield or I imagine it was a husband and wife like, you know, (laughs) doing it together, you know, relationship building. Gotcha. Um, God, yeah, but we should have done a fads list. Maybe next year for 2017, we'll do a fads list. See how see how many we can remember by the end of the year. (laughs) Um, Predictions this year. So. We guys, good news. We have another chance to get it right or wrong. Um, I feel <laughs> like I'm really going to get it this year. Um, predictions for 2017. Does someone want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I think that this might be bold or it might not. I don't know. Um, I think that VR at the end of next year will be in sort of the same place where like wearables are this year in that like some people are into it just like some people are into it right now um and not everyone in the entire world is that's my uh that's my prediction for for next year i think i've I, I think we talked about VR last year. Maybe it was the year before. VR was one of... It must have been the year before VR was my pick. So, and I think actually it was the same thing, that like you're going to be able to go out and buy a VR thing in 2015, which didn't exactly happen. Uh, so I'm excited about the possibility of VR, and I've read a lot about it. I've considered it a lot, but... Uh, there just aren't that many good games for it. Like, if you're thinking about it as just a pure game platform, and I'm big, I'm huge on the idea that it's more than that. But even just like a gaming platform, where's the space simulator? Where's like the the where's the Star Wars game where you have a light? Wait, oh my god, I could come up with a billion ideas and no one's making them. I I, I think there's a lot of cool like. You know, indie things like short little vignettes of video games that last like maybe three hours, like Super Hot, which I recommended one of my picks this year. Apparently, amazing in VR, and I, I can see why because like first person, like times moving as you move, and you get to do all this cool stuff. And you're like, you catch the gun, you shoot someone, and you throw it at someone else, and you grab their sword. Great, but that you know that game doesn't last very long. I think we need the EAs and Activisions and all these people of the world to make like Star Wars Han Solo VR experience. Uh, oh my God. It would be so cool. Yeah, but that's that... what's really, I would, as soon as there's a, a game like that, like a game that I just have to play, I'm on board with VR, but there aren't, I don't think there's a game like that for anyone on VR. Yet. I, it's it's really such a chicken and the egg problem because EA's never going to make a blockbuster title until everyone owns VR and no one's going to own VR until EA makes a blockbuster title. So it's kind of like a wait and see. But I, I kind of actually hope Colby's prediction becomes true. I, I don't know how much I want VR to go mainstream yet. And I say that because I worry that to make it, and this is, I think, part of, partly what happened with wearables is that 
to make it mainstream today, they have to water down the technology so much, it becomes a lackluster experience, and then no one will ever trust VR again. And I feel like that's what happened with wearables, is they rushed a bunch of half-assed smartwatches out to the market, people got really disappointed, and now nobody cares about them. Like, I want them to take a few years and develop those great games and those great experiences, get it really good, get it at a at not a super cheap price point, but an okay price point. And I just don't know if we're there yet. So actually, I, I hope you're right, Colby. I hope they do really take their time in 2017. You know, people buy it, but I, you know, I don't want to see it blow up just yet. But that's just mm-hmm. me. I guess we'll see. I guess we well, we'll definitely check back next year. So <laughs> keep an eye on that. Um, all right, I'll uh, I'll jump in and go next. I I have uh, I'm going to predict what I have written in the sheet as the original content implosion. If you can guess what that means, um, maybe you can. Anything with an implosion isn't good. Um, no, you know it's really interesting that there's this sort of concept that's been mentioned around this idea of peak TV, right? We're at this golden age of television where there's something... I read the other day, someone went ahead and actually counted, and there's something like over 400 original television programs airing across all channels and all streaming services. And that number is expected to go up next year. I think there is really a critical mass, and I talk about this on the technology side, on streaming services, Netflix says something, you have something like 35 shows in development at different stages of development... Hulu's doing original content. Amazon's doing original content. They're spending a lot of money. YouTube's doing original content. Snapchat this year closed down their original content arm. Um, Everyone wants to do original content. Look, good for them. I really do feel that 2017 is the year that these companies began overproducing original content, which is very expensive, more expensive than just buying the rights to something that already exists. Um, And I really feel that uh, some of the smaller services are really going to struggle under the weight of having to pay for them. I think Netflix is going to end up cutting back um, the amount of things that they're ordering, and I feel like we're really going to reach that peak streaming TV where um, where they're going to have to pull back. I just I just think they can't. We're Why? YouTube pulling out of original content because I just they're on, I'm convinced there are only so many eyeballs on the planet, and when you're dumping, you know what what is it? I was reading. I mean, these are shows that cost more than a million some of the netflix shows cost more than like three million dollars an episode and i'm i just i i get that you can do that with some shows but netflix every they're pumping out so much content like i get the couple the three or four big hits but everything has to be a hit at that point again i maybe i just don't understand their motto because they don't release their numbers i don't i don't know how eyeballs relate in in their sort of world but Mm -hmm. It's just at some, it really seems like every day somebody new is announcing original content. I I don't know who's watching it. I feel like Netflix is interesting because, like, I don't know. It, it like, doesn't matter if someone watches all of it. It even doesn't matter if someone watches a lot of it. Someone only has to watch one thing and keep their subscription up to watch the one thing. So it could be that having like a huge library of stuff is entirely plausible. Even if, if only like some small percentage of the population of the Netflix user population watches each one, as long as they watch the one and they're subscribed to Netflix because of the one. But I think the question then is like, do it does that work well enough like how far can you go well, <laughs> like how much stuff can you how much can you watch and, and for me it's interesting too because the difference with netflix is it's an ongoing subscription if in if in the first month you watch everything you want to watch you're not going to keep paying them month after month so it, it somewhat requires them to keep making content but then mm-hmm. you also have this backlog of content too that i I don't understand it. I just, I just don't know how they're paying for all this. Like, it's really expensive to make the kind of stuff they're making. The Crown, which was their recent show they did, I was reading. They, they published it was, it was like, 
over a hundred million dollars just to make that one show. Like I don't, I, I <laughs> wow. maybe, maybe my average, maybe my communications degree didn't prepare me to understand these numbers, but I, I don't get how they are in business with all, and everyone's doing it. YouTube is making original series. Like who's paying for this? Anyway, <laughs> that, that's my point. You can only make so much original content. And I think that the, the, the buck is going to stop in 2017. So interesting. I don't expect I to be right. I've watched but, half the crown and I've enjoyed it so far. Oh, that's good, that's good. I mean, I do watch yeah. a lot of it. So it's, this is the, I really suck at this. I don't next year. I'm just going to pass. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pro. I think Netflix is Netflix and Amazon more. So Netflix, although a lot of Amazon stuff is really good too, are doing a great job with the original content. I have never watched YouTube original content. I've never watched Hulu original content. I've never wanted to watch either of those. I've never been told to watch either of those. So I think you might see like YouTube or Hulu give it up. Maybe I don't know how well they're doing. Maybe some people are watching that stuff. But I really hope and I doubt that Netflix or Amazon will give it up. No, 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 no. And I, I, I would agree with you. I don't think give it up is kind of the right I just think and that I read that their Netflix has a show, a like season of a series being released every month next year. Oh, sure. A series of at least one series of original series every month. Yep. That's crazy. That's great. That's how you get people to pay $10 a month. But, it, yeah. but, but, <laughs> and, and how, but what percentage of the television watching population, all those people out there who've been, having a cable subscription their entire lives what percentage of them have netflix i don't think it's very high so if if they start seeing like oh i get to watch uh orange is the new black or man the high castle but i have to get this other thing they'll start to do it maybe i don't know what the market penetration is i know anecdotally like 45 and up that's like there aren't there's a ton of people watching TV there that are not Netflix subscribers. I, I yeah, and I I would actually be curious to know that as well. Um, I I think that'd be interesting for me. It's just this idea that you know if you let's say you're FX and you have American Horror Story, right? A someone is giving you whatever it is a buck fifty on your cable package to pay for FX, so they get that money out of you. Then they get the ads that they run during that showing. And then they rerun that showing several times and they get the ad revenue from that. And then you come back every week to watch another new episode. You also get the ad revenue from that. Like, it's an ongoing financial stream. Never mind the fact that they then sell the show into reruns on a different channel. They sell the rights internationally. They put it on DVD and sell it. Like, Netflix really only gets money from you giving them $9.99 a month. It's like Prime. Like, Amazon keeps adding services to Prime. Like, at what point do they lose money on Prime? Like, at some point, it, it's got to stop making financial sense <laughs> for them. Like, I just, again, I just don't understand the, like, I'm not a dumb person, but, like, I, I, I can't, I'm getting too much value. Like, I, it's, it's, it's very bizarre to me, but. Do, do you think the, like, if you think about non-Netflix content on Netflix, they have to pay for all that, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of money, billions. Right, right. And so, so yes, these shows are are an upfront cost of of some amount or another. I'm sure some are like much more of a cost than they than they make back, perhaps. Um, but the, theoretically, it's amortized out. But the the like they get those shows forever. So th those shows aren't like a drain as, as other streaming deals True. are. And they never rotate out of Netflix True. unless Netflix wanted. And wanted they own to. them, I believe internationally as well. I think it depends on the show, but for the most part, they own them internationally. What interests <laughs> me though, is then I would challenge you back and say the content they buy from other people has a, usually has a built in fan base. If you buy friends, people who love the show friends are going to come see it. When you premiere something new on Netflix, that's never been seen anywhere. You don't, necessarily know how successful it's going to be or if that brings people into your service so i think you you can afford to pay a little bit of a premium for an existing show because mm -hmm. you do have that minimum amount of rewatchability and people who are already fans but anyway we're getting off on a tangent but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll check back next year to see uh if we were even remotely close um so 
Be sure to look for that. Uh, as we approach the one hour mark, we're going to wrap up with our top picks of the year. Uh, we've gone through and, and said what our, our favorite things are. We picked, we did, uh, however many episodes we did, we picked stuff all year. Um, who would like to go first this time? I think it's my turn to go first. I think you guys have gone first all night. So I haven't gone first at all. No, come on. Is that true, Dan? Are you, are you I pulling my leg? True. No, is that true? All right. No, you go through. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Yeah. So I looked at all the picks this year. Uh, there are some really good ones. Uh, speaking of Netflix, Stranger Things. Uh, that was my favorite TV show of the year, followed closely by Westworld. Uh, but I think the thing I spent the most time talking about and the most time thinking about this year was the video game The Witcher 3 and its ensuing expansion packs. I think The Witcher 3 actually came out in 2015, but I... Is that true? Oh Dan's my gosh, played so much of it, he's lost all sense of yeah, time. I really have. Oh my gosh, such a great game. But the story was dramatic and complex in a way that video game stories usually aren't like and it's based on a book so i was about to say they could rake a book out of it they you know it was a book first uh really complex characters gameplay super fun crazy big open world grand fantasy sort of thing which is all my jam uh has some pretty funny moments too so i like the witcher 3 if you have any consoles or gaming pc it's probably going to be on sale at some point if it hasn't been already in the past month. Pick up The Witcher 3. It's great. Very cool. Most deaf. Uh, all right. Uh, Colby, what are, right. what are you picking this year? Uh, I think my pick this year is what the Hamilton musical and all the things that came with it. Uh, I, well, Dan and I went to see it in the fall which was awesome. But since then I've gotten a ton of listening out of like the soundtrack. I think I picked on a past show that like PBS documentary about, about the making of it and all that jazz. Uh, There's this thing called the Hamilton mixtape where a bunch of like popular artists like re-recorded and like remixed songs from Hamilton into new ones. And that's great too. Um, and now Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be working on, on, uh, TV and movie series from, from, from the, what is it? The King Killer Chron- of the King Killer Chronicles, which, which Dan has picked many times on the show. Um, and he has the right to make a musical out of it. I did read that as uh, also part of the deal. Wow. It's not, not a musical is not planned, but it could but, but just in case. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel I feel like that was that was a pretty good thing that happened this year. It was cool. I really think I'm probably gonna have to. It, it would is it worth it for me to pick up the soundtrack even if I have no plans to ever actually see the show? You can listen oh. to it on Spotify. Well, then I'd um, have to get Spotify. But oh, you don't. <laughs> oh that's Gosh. weird. I'll just get the I'll just get the album the, if it's really good. But I think it's good. If you're into like, I think it's good because it's like a story. It's like it's a little more immersive than your usual. Uh, yeah, music the, the soundtrack experience. is the entire thing. Like, yeah, you get there's not like there's a lot of talking uh, in between the songs that you miss out on the story. It's you get the entire story. Okay, and I will say I definitely appreciate it more having seen the sure. having seen the play. So so. I mean, there's there's that that's my personal spin on it. But I know like Jill listened to the soundtrack for months and months and months before before we saw the show. All so, right. Well, I may have to depend. Yeah. may have to do that. Every, everyone's talking about how great it is. It's Colby's pick <laughs> of the year. I think that means I have to do it. Um, very cool. All right. Um, yeah. You know, I went through everything I picked this year uh, and I actually I actually have both a, a best pick and a worst pick. Um, because believe it or not, I managed to pick not one, but two failed Kickstarters this year. Mm. Um, so credit to me. Um, one, I actually got my money back on, which was the C note, um, E ink smart home display. I got my refund. The other, the, uh, Pegare, um, pay with stuff with your pebble smart strap. 
um, that not only are they not making because Pebble's not making watches anymore, um, I also did not get my money back. So it's a risk you take. If it makes you feel any better, I also uh, did the Pagare one and didn't get my money back. And I had done the, the Pebbles too, but I did get some money back from that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I uh, that was a disappointment. So that was my worst pick of the year. Um, but my best pick was my Philips Hue smart bulbs. Uh, I went through everything I picked, and I would say with Amazon Echo are a great combination, but if you just get the bulbs alone, they're really good, and I absolutely... They have changed the way I light my life. Um, and so I, maybe that's a little much. Um, but they're just really good. They're easy to use. They're easy set up. They work 100% of the time. They, they're dimmable, which is like my favorite feature because now mm-hmm. all of a sudden all my lights are dimmable. Um, they're, they're easy to use. And like I said, if you're willing to pony up for Echo, the, I just I never touch a switch or an app in my life. All my lights I just do by voice, and I love it. So. That is my pick. Uh, all the links to the picks of the year will be on the website as well. Um, guys, any last thoughts on 2016 before we send it off into the into the history books? Mm. 2017 can't be any worse. Oh, don't, don't say it that, Dan. <laughs> I, don't push it. Uh, you know. that's, that's, that's really optimistic of you. But Yeah, I'm being, I'm being positive. See? Yeah. I, you know what? 2017 is going to be great. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's going to be a great, fun year. And you know what? <laughs> you know why it'll be a great and fun year? Because we'll why? be here. It's true. We're if not there's, planning if, on going anywhere. That is true. Um, yeah. Good. Well, I certainly had a fun... Doing this, I had a fun 2016. It was a for all of us. I think as individuals, it was an exciting, eventful year. Yeah, you did some great podcasts. Did Dungeons and Dragons start in 2016? Uh, I, I yes. A, as a separate show, it did. I think mm. I think very late 2015 was when we like November. I think we started actually doing them as a separate show. Yeah, it was 2016. I know. I know. That's and been- I. And I know that because I just got the renewal notice for the the domains and the website. So oh, nice. you can time those things pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that Dungeons and Dragons was a highlight of 2016. I agree. It's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to getting back to it this week. Yeah, that's right. Good that's plug. Right. Good plug. GameNights.tv. Go there. Um, and we did we did the movie draft. The That's summer true. and the winter, that was fun. I, I came in last both times. Well, it's not over yet, Dan. You're just in last it's... for now. Come on, give yourself a fair shot. I'm, I'm in second to last this time. And, well, <laughs> all right. Anything can happen. We've already had two movies swap out, so anything can happen. One of which was mine. <laughs> yeah, but you got, I mean, you got Patriot's Day. It's got Marky Mark in it. It's true. I'll Funky see. Bunch is nowhere to be found. Um... Yeah, it's been a great year, and we appreciate all of you out there for uh, for joining us and uh, taking the the 2016 journey alongside uh, Colby, Dan, and myself. Of course, our website, don'tpanic.io, you can go there uh, 24 hours a day. It's We don't close it. I mean, it's literally open all the time, uh, except when it doesn't work, but that doesn't happen often. So you should <laughs> go there, don'tpanic.io, get all the episodes, past, present, future, audio, and video included, plus list of picks on every episode as well. Of course, links there as well as to where you can subscribe on places like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and most major podcast apps, of course, on YouTube at youtube.com slash don'tpanicshow. We have the video version as well, if that suits your fancy. And, of course, you can follow us at don'tpanicshow on Twitter and email us your thoughts at don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Um, that is it, guys. We will be back in the new year uh, with uh, with more tech news. I recommend everybody, if you can't get enough, if you're out of podcasts over the holiday break looking to avoid family, you can check out this show. You can also check out GameNights.tv for Dungeons & Dragons and UpForDebate.tv for Up for Debate as well. Um, on behalf of Colby Dan, this is Sean thanking everybody for joining us uh, tonight, this year, uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing you next time for, your, for actual tech news here uh, on Don't Panic. <laughs>